Now you damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Wednesday. That weird week between Christmas and New Year's. Hopefully you've got it off or part of it's off or you're figuring out a way to make it a little bit different. It's always a weird week. Lots of football to talk about. But don't worry. We're going to have to hit some basketball today after a couple of massive performances inside the great state of Texas last week night. It's Chad and Zay on a Wednesday. I'm Chad Hastings, joined once again by a man who definitely loves his basketball, but he loves all the rest of those sports too. It's Isaiah Collier. What's up, Zay? What's good, Chad? Yeah, pretty historic night in hoops last night, if you ask me. My goodness! 77! Go (laughs) easy on him, sir! Go easy on him. We will get to Luka, and we will get to the car that ran over A&M Commerce last night. First up, though, Before we jump into anything, I want to talk to the chosen few. I want to talk to the elite of the elite. And unfortunately, our man, Isaiah Collier, is not one of these. Because Isaiah, the Brett Favre's a great American team, is done. Yeah. Yeah. We had a good season. We had a a good run. Was it close at the end? Did you almost get the facility built without the government finding out? Almost. Okay. Almost. Didn't steal enough. But, (laughs) you know... <laughs> not enough laundering not, not enough. of money. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I'm proud of my squad. I mean, you know, there's always that saying: if you're not first, you're last. Shout out to Will Ferrell, Ricky Bobby. There but, you go. You know, with the season that Tom Brady had, having him as my quarterback all year long, the season is, is still playing, and we know how the Buccaneers are doing this year. You know how the Buccaneers. <laughs> I'm about are. to say, sometimes you wouldn't know they're still playing. That's what I'm saying. It's <laughs> like I, if I'm starting Kirk Cousins these last few games. The fact that I was even in the championship says a lot. Yeah, it you does. Know, Chris, I didn't know what was going to happen with Christian McCaffrey. He was my number one pick. So when he got traded, I didn't know if he would be able to sustain you know, his big fantasy points, the numbers that he put up. But clearly he's done that, even though he had a tough week this past week. But they still got the dub against the Commanders and got my man Taylor Heineke booted. But, yeah, Raheem Moster had a solid season, Christian Kirk. Garrett Wilson, that was probably my best pick Mm -hmm. in the later rounds. Nobody knew he was going to have the season. He was going to have everybody's like, oh, when you're a rookie coming in, especially with Zach Wilson, all the quarterback issues they've had, Garrett Wilson had to deal with three quarterbacks this season you know Flacco a little bit we know the Zach Wilson mess and now Mike White so yeah I'm proud of the year I had because it could have went real south it Mm could have went real south I didn't have a big juggernaut you know team at the end of the day but I had enough to you know make some noise well certainly congrats on getting as far as you did if you're getting all the way to what one to the semifinals right yeah, all the way to the semifinal round. That's a that's a damn no, good I mean, I was, run. I was in the championship. Oh, you were in the championship game when you oh, lost. Yeah, I oh, lost yeah. the championship. Okay, you went all the way to the end. So yeah. that's a heck of a season. Obviously, it's interesting you mentioned the Brady thing. My wife is a Steelers fan, so she's wanted Brady to retire for years. But this year, he is her fantasy quarterback, like you. And so she's been complaining all year long. He can't even give me anything. He can't even do this. He can't even do that. He really needs to retire. So now she's really yeah. on the Tom retire bandwagon. So for all of you that are not in Isaiah's situation, for all of you that are still remaining and fighting for a championship, today's fantasy football segment is for you. And you alone, because you're still in it. Just like J.D. Lewis is probably still in four or five of his leagues in a championship game. So coming up at 1230, J.D.'s going to jump in and try to help your fantasy team win a championship. He's done that in past seasons. We've had listeners give J.D. credit for some of the advice he's given throughout the season as to getting them to a championship. So start throwing us those questions. Specs text line is 337-3776. You throw the questions out. J.D. will start answering about 12 30. All right, let's jump in with the spec set piece because we got to talk about those two basketball performances from last night. The spec set piece is brought to you by Specs Wine, Spirits, and Finer Foods. When it comes to savings, Specs leads the league with a larger selection at lower prices. Specs, official partner of Austin FC. Oh my. Let's go geographically. We'll start closest to us, the game we brought you last night. Here on the horn, Texas men's basketball against AM Commerce. It would have just kind of been any other game. We told you AM Commerce was probably going to be the worst team they faced. Shout out to Joe Cook of Inside Texas, who was on with us yesterday and pointed that out. And Zay talked about him as well. So we knew this was probably going to be a blowout. So, in, in, a, in a way, like Zay was talking yesterday about just keep your rhythm. 
just you know keep look look like you, you're keeping your rhythm. Uh, you know, just keep the momentum going, all that kind of stuff. They did get to eleven and one, but they also got a little bit of history on top of it because Marcus Carr went crazy. Zay, you and I've been talking about this guy for you know the two years he's been here. I've loved him ever since day one. It didn't quite all come together for him in year one, but I love watching him play. And early on last night, my eyes started to get wider and wider because he wasn't missing. And he was hitting those threes. And then he got to the basket. And then he hit mid-range. And I thought, oh, good grief. This is going to be a big-time night. I didn't know how big it was going to be, but it was so much fun to watch. Uh, It was so impressive. And from where he's came from the first year here at Texas, only averaging 11 a game, just didn't seem comfortable in Chris Beard's offense. You know, you got Andrew Jones and Courtney Ramey, who have been there a long time. So you don't want to necessarily step on those guys' toes. And I felt like he had a lot of that last year. Plus, there were times where he had a little hitch in his shot. It wasn't as fluent and as smooth hmm. as you see now. He clearly got in the uh, the lab and really worked on his mechanics. We talked about yesterday and Kevin Durant. Even the best have to go back and just go through the fundamentals and just go old school with it. You know, the, uh, hand in the cookie jar, get that gooseneck up there, have that index finger pointed at the rim. Just very little detailed things. Yeah, what's that, that elbow doing? About. Yeah, what's what's the, that, yeah, where's yeah. your elbow at now? Elbow, that's, that's a little different because Reggie Miller's one of the greatest shooters of all time and that elbow was out like crazy so it's different for each player but Marcus Carr 41 last night 10 of 15 from three (laughs) just his confidence is out of this world right now and it wasn't just from three I know the 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 10 of 15 from the three-point line sticks out but like you said Chad he was getting to the line he had a couple of and ones he had nice little mid-range game you know the threes weren't just spot-up threes either even though guys like Tyrese Hunter and the rest of the team they were finding him he was shooting shots coming off screens, you know, coming off the pick and roll, using his ball handling ability, and yeah, if he takes this confidence and momentum going into uh, Big 12 play, then the sky's the limit. We've been talking about it all season, even before all this Chris Beard stuff started happening. This team could really do something special because they finally are able to not worry about, you know, guys coming in the game last year. Like Again, Tristan Lacone was playing last year. The guy who Mm was a D3 walk-on guy, now he's a grad assistant on the staff. You know, he shouldn't have been playing. I get what Chris Beard was trying to do in a way, kind of set the tone of what the culture is. But that's hard for certain players because now you're looking over your shoulder all the time. You're worried about when you're getting pulled. You can't necessarily play the game you want to because you're trying to play a team game and what the coach wants. I thought... This year, Chris Beard, before you know everything happened, he did a good job of letting these guys just play, letting these guys play a lot loosely. You know, we saw Marcus Carr in the tournament last year. He showed a little bit of that between playing against Virginia Tech. He had a really good game against Virginia Tech, and he was the best player on the floor against uh, uh, Purdue, if you don't count, you know, Jaden Ivey and Big Edie up there. But Mm -hmm. for the Horns, he was the best player. So he brought that momentum into the 2023 season, and he really showed out last night. Like, talking about being on fire. That 41, 40 in the game is so difficult. In college basketball, because they got three seconds, you know, the, you, you got to play that team game where you're passing the ball a lot just because it's not, you know, the shot clock's not going down. We're going to get to Luca in a second, but the shot clock's <laughs> different. And when you got a guy with the ball in his hands a lot like a Luca, you don't have that, you know, you, don't, you just don't have that luxury in college basketball. You got to get, you got to really pick and choose where your shots are coming from just because you don't have the same amount of attempts. And yeah, he, he really showed that. And did something that we haven't seen since 96, Reggie Freeman. Yeah, so the history stuff for, for Carr. Yeah, Reggie Freeman, last guy to hit 40. Last Longhorn to hit 40. Uh, the 10 free throws, uh, three, three free throws, the 10 three pointers made ties an all time record for Texas. So congrats there. And I think I also heard it's Carr, Carr tied his all his time record. Like 
that's the most he's ever scored in a college basketball game. I don't think he's scored more than that. Uh, 13 of 19, uh, just incredibly efficient. Um, there's a lot of numbers you could talk about for this game. My favorite was 31 to 2 in fast break points. I enjoyed that. 31 yeah. to 2. That's good if you're a Texas fan. Uh, and we'll see how this momentum carries them into uh, into this next game at OU. But back to Marcus Carr and his attitude, this team's attitude. TV, radio, I listened to a lot of his reaction last night. Everything was about team. Everything was about what's best for the team. And I'm glad you brought up the mechanics part because he brought it up immediately on TV and on radio. Credit to the staff, we've been working on stuff. We've been working on my shot. They've been noticing things about my shot, and they said this looked comfortable, and we've been working on the little things. That part was great. And then when he was pressed by Lance Blanks last night about, hey, would you rather be the one of the two? Would you rather be the on-ball guard or off-ball guard? And he just said, whatever we need, man. Yeah. Whatever we need. He was the perfect teammate. And you could all. And then while they're talking to him, Tyrese Hunter comes over and gives him a hug and starts yelling at him, like uh, in a positive the, way. Oh, uh, when Marcus Carr came off the court and got that standing ovation from the Moody crowd, Tyrese Hunter was the first person to give him a hug. He, yeah. He said, hey, yo, Coach Terry, get out of my way. I got to congratulate this guy first because he, him and Marcus Carr are tight. Marcus Carr is a huge reason why Tyrese Hunter transferred from Iowa State. And Tyrese Hunter's eight assists stand out, and a lot of them was to Marcus Carr. Like, there was one play where Tyrese Hunter went up for a layup and got his shot thrown off the glass, LeBron James style, and somehow the Horns got the ball back defensively, and Tyrese Hunter could have had another chance of going up for the layup, but instead he kicked the ball out to uh, uh, Marcus Carr for a three ball. And, yeah, the the Horns did a really good job of realizing that that man, number five, uh, has the hot hand, and, yeah, he went in last night. Yeah, I thought it was great to watch. You could tell everybody was trying to find him. You mentioned the eight assists for Tyrese Hunter. I like those. As a stat nerd, I love the no turnovers. Right. And even though it's in it's the game against a bad team, that's still clean. How about this? Allen and Hunter together, 16 assists and only three turnovers. Timmy Allen, 8-3 and three on that ratio. They were all trying to find him. 28 assists, 10 turnovers as a team. Are you kidding? Plus 18 in that stat as a team. That is sharing the ball, and that is also just finding out, hey, our guy's hot. Let's see how far this goes. Yeah. And they took it all the way to a 41 spot. Yeah, and, I, and don't trip on the Serge Barry Rice two points. I'll, don't trip on, you know, uh, guys like Tyrese Hunter only scoring two points because he had eight assists and sometimes other guys are just going to have to step up. This team is so deep that you could have other guys you know, making plays in different games. Sometimes you could have a Brock Cunningham game, which what we kind of saw in the Illinois game, which they didn't win but still, sometimes you could have more of a Tyrese Hunter game, which we saw in the first few against Gonzaga. So, you know, it's going to change each game, but you just want to see consistency throughout everybody because anybody it's going to have a chance to make a big play. Dylan Mitchell, he had a quiet but solid 16 points last night. Mm-hmm. We need that from him because, you know, he has so much star potential even though he's not that type of player. He's not going to be one to go get his own shot, create for himself. And Arterio Morris, he had a quiet 12 last night and a nasty dunk. I was about to say, he, he, had, a couple, he had a couple moments. Yo, he, <laughs> He showcases his talent just, you know, sometimes he plays a little fast and that's the freshman in him, but sometimes he'll show you why he's a big-time McDonald's All-American out of South Dallas. And, yeah, that dunk that he had last night off that steal, that was nasty. But, yeah, it was Marcus Carr's night. And if this team could take that momentum, uh, Saturday I get the Oklahoma team that, you know, any game in the Big 12 is going to be tough. But this isn't one Mm -hmm. of the really good teams in the Big 12. Oklahoma had a – Pretty bad loss early in the season. We'll see what happens, but the Horns, they got to feel good about themselves, even with the Chris Beard thing going on. Coach Terry's done a great job taking this place at the moment. We'll see what happens with that, but, yeah, like you said with uh, Marcus Carr, he was talking about team. This team, they're locked in on what's really at hand, and that's making a deep run in March and winning the Big 12 title. Yeah, they definitely feel locked in right now. Let's see what it looks like in Norman. We mentioned it. At Norman, at Stillwater are two of their first three conference games, so they're going to get thrown into that fire pretty quickly. Uh, It is Saturday at 1, 12.30 pregame for you right here on the Horn. So Longhorns have a big night, and Marcus Carr goes off. A little bit up north of that on 35, and I guess you go 35 and take whichever road you want to to get to the AAC. Last night was Mavericks-Knicks in Dallas, and Luka Doncic went 
crazy. Uh, an incredible comeback for the Mavs. It ended up in an overtime game, but it also ended up in a historic game nobody had ever seen before. No one had ever had a triple-double that involved 60 or more points and 20 or more boards until last night. Luca pulled it off. I, For some reason, I had it as 61 and 20. I mixed those up. It's 60, 21 boards, and then 10 assists, something we had never seen. Zay. Only two guys that ever had a 50-20 triple-double, and then only James Harden, I believe, had had a 60-point triple-double. But nobody had ever put a 60-20 together. Luca did it last night, and he he could not miss. Including the, the Knicks helped him. The Knicks helped him oh, a lot. Yeah. A lot. It took a village of Knicks. Yeah, Tom Thibodeau. Come on, dog. That was pretty pathetic, considering. And we'll get you some of the history of that, too. Uh, another great crap bag stat for you coming up that involves a number over 10,000. But... Um, just the, the everything he hit last night, uh, and if you missed the exact part of it, only two of six from beyond the arc. It wasn't like he was pouring in a whole bunch of threes. 22 free throws, 31 shots overall. Luka could not miss last night. Yeah, he's just flat out unstoppable. I mean, you knew he was going to be good coming into the States from Slovenia, but you didn't know he was going to be this good. And, you know, just go back to him playing in Europe, him being an 18-year-old, just dominating overseas against grown-ass men. And, you know, (laughs) I'll never forget being on Adam Wagner's show, The Wagner Wire, in 2018 when the draft was going on and – You know, Phoenix had the first pick. Sacramento had the second pick. Look, we just got to start. If you're a GM, you just got to start taking the best player. Damn whatever fits or whatever you think that fits. Because the best player always fits. The best player finds a way to fit. Mm -hmm. That's just what it is. And to not see, to see DeAndre Ayton and playing for Arizona and seeing that team get knocked out the first round. Like they lost first round in the tournament. That should have shown you a little bit of something if you're a Phoenix Sun. Mm-hmm. Then Marvin Bagley, he was kind of a bust coming out of Duke. But Luka was the obvious pick in my book because I was watching Slovenia play in the FIBA championships. Him and Gordon Dragic dominated. Yeah. Dominated the FIBA championship. And they're going up against like Tony Parker and them and France and really good team. Spain's always good. He's dominating Ricky Rubio and guys like uh, Pau Gasol and them. So. If he's dominating these guys who are multiple, you know, perennial all-stars in the league, what's he going to do when he gets to the league? And yeah. he's been nothing but brilliant. He's so physical but so quick. And I think he gets people with his quickness because people think he's slow and he's just kind of gliding out there. No, he's just physical, so he doesn't have to go fast. They had Quentin Grimes on him, and Quentin Grimes is about 6'5 out of Houston, U of H. You know, so he's a solid NBA player, way too small. Way too small for Luca, who's out here 6'8", 250, with yeah. all the skill in the world. Like he, It's like he a had, tight end out there. It's nuts. He had Julius Randle, who's like 6'10", who came back home. Julius Randle was like, oh, I'm coming back home, Dallas area kid. I'm about to show out. He had Julius Randle in the post like he was Kevin McHale <laughs> or, you know, one of these just dominant big men. His footwork's out the yin-yang. You know, he could hit the three with his step back. And, you know, you, you talk about James Harden being the only person compared to him as a triple threat or a triple-double threat in recent years. That's the scary part if you're a Bass fan because James Harden, yes, he had Chris Paul, but Chris Paul wasn't reliable when it came to the playoffs because yeah. he'd always get hurt. Right. But well, he would put up crazy stats during the season, and the playoffs he would get a little burnt out and worn down and they would never have a number two guy that Luca could throw the ball to and say, you know what, I'm a little winded. You go get us a bucket. Yeah, I'm glad you said that first because at the end of the game last night, I'm a Mavs fan. I loved every moment of last night. But after the game, when the first words out of his mouth are, I'm exhausted. I, I need a recovery beer. Did you hear that? And that was cool and everybody laughed and smiled and everything. Did you hear how much they rested him in the second half? I don't think they did. 12 seconds. Yeah. He played 47 minutes. That's a season high for him. The the one thing Mavs fans have to understand today is the overall thing that we've seen in basketball. You celebrate guys like Oscar Robertson. You celebrate guys like Russell Westbrook. You celebrate the Allen Iversons. You celebrate um, James Harden. You just mentioned him. All that stuff is so cool to watch. Triple doubles are so interesting to talk about. They do not get you jewelry. 
They do not. No. That is not how you get jewelry. Everybody remember that crazy triple-double run that Michael Jordan had to get the Bulls two titles? Yeah, me neither. That's not how it works. So just understand that part of it. There's a part of you that needs to love it and embrace him and say, 77, you're our guy. But that's not how 41 got a title. No. That's not how Dirk got a ring. Dirk didn't get a ring needing to get 60 points. By the way, a 60-point, 20-rebound, historic triple-double. And they barely got to overtime to scrape out a win. Zay, we could have been walking in here talking about a loss where he did that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when you do all of that, you're going to need to win the game more often than not. He needed to be resting in that fourth quarter. You need to be. You need to put up a crazy like 50-20-10 kind of thing or a 50-15, and 15, wave to the crowd and go sit down. He had to scrape all that out just to get a win. That's what worries me deep down. As I'm celebrating it, it's all great. But underneath, I'm thinking, oh, my God, how long can this last? Can the dude hold up like we've talked about with you know Jalen Hurts in the NFL or something like that where you just you know the way they play wears them down so much? Yeah, yeah. One, one thing that people hate about LeBron, LeBron could do those things. Like there was a time where LeBron could have you know had those type of stats, but LeBron refused to do that. He would say, ain't no way I'm going to try to go for 50, which I can, and have guys on my team – get five, and not get in any rhythm right? because I know down the line I'm going to need those guys. Well, we're not getting better as a team that way. We're not getting better as a team. It just looks fun. It just looks cool. (laughs) And people hate that about LeBron. Oh, he doesn't have the killer instinct. He's not like Kobe. He should just take over games. When really, Bron's like, I'm looking forward to the future. This game, 58, doesn't mean much. If I get 60, cool. But if I get 60 and I got guys over here which – those Cavs teams that he had in the first seven years, like, good grief. Yeah. Will Williams might have been the best player <laughs> that LeBron ever, ever played with. Don't say Shaq. Shaq was donezo at that time. Absolutely done. So, you know, it's, it's just – it is brutal if you're a Mass fan looking at it because that, that, it, the stats are cool and all, but you're absolutely right. It doesn't Whew. get you titles. And Oscar Robinson, he got a ring, but it was later in his career. Later on, yeah. And he had to have Lou Alcindor on the squad yeah, to that, help him do that. That guy was helpful. He was pretty nice. Can we find Luca a Lou Alcindor? <laughs> Can we do a Lou combo, please? Can somebody find him? They tried with Porzingis. Uh, didn't they, work out They too tried. Good. It did not work. But uh, <laughs> congrats to Luca, man. That was an amazing performance. Uh, you take it for what it is. But, yeah, bigger scale, there's some, there's some weirdness to that. But what a night, man. Chad, and there's one point of time where Luca has – it's probably one of his best friends in the league that's at a superstar level is Nikola Jokic, the two-time MVP for the Denver Nuggets, okay. who is from that Yugoslavia area. Luka's from Slovenia. Slovenia, right. And uh, Nikola's from Serbia. So they're very tight and they're they're very close. But now it used to be, okay, let's pull Joker from the Nuggets and have Mark Cuban bring him down to Dallas. This fool just won two back-to-back MVPs. Ain't no way Denver's He's giving not him moving, up. yeah. So it's now, it's turned the other way around. It's more likely that Luka would leave. Oh, don't say it. To go to Denver, don't mile say it. high. Don't say that. And if I'm their GM, I'm giving up everybody except for Joker for Luka. Michael Porter Jr., you can have him. Jamal Murray, you can have him. Bones Highland, Aaron Gordon with that nasty dunk that he had. Christmas just figure Day. it out. Just figure it out. Right. Because you have those two guys. This guy's back-to-back Oof. MVPs. Nikola Jokic, who plays like... Luca, but in a center position. All right, let's not talk about that anymore. I'm just saying. You're going to make me look, cry. Hey, look out. If I'm Luca, <laughs> I ain't signing no more contracts with Dallas. Oh, my goodness. Until I see something. Yeah, that was, uh, that was wild last night. And, uh, but we'll see what happens as he moves forward. That gets them to 19 and 16 on the year for the record. Mavs win. Luca goes off. Longhorns win. Car goes off. That's how we start the show today. Longhorns getting ready for a bowl game tomorrow night, of course. Got some updates there. Plus, your fantasy team may be in the championship game. Congrats if they are. Now let's see if we can get you that title. J.D. Lewis is coming up to answer your questions. Send them to us. Specs text line 337-3776. Championship game fantasy help next on the Horn. Oh, 
Hope you're having a good Wednesday. We started with basketball. Marcus Carr going off for 41. Luca going off for 60, 21, and 10. Nobody's ever had a 60 and 20 triple double. Little heart to get you started. Oh, you've played this one before. Back to the Magic Man? Yeah, Back to the Magic Man. It's a great song. Great song. There are no bad heart songs that I've ever heard. If, you, if you've got one, uh, you could let me know. I don't think I've heard one where I thought it was bad. So, uh, all the heart you need. I've, one of my big regrets is I've never seen Heart Live. My wife has that on me. Alright, uh, it is Chad and Zay. Lots of football on the board, on the field. We got four bowl games, but we also have championship fantasy football coming for some of you this weekend just like our man jd lewis so let's go to the vaqueros cafe cantina hotline and talk to jd lewis jd how many of your teams are trying for a championship i've got two two of the five that were competing so i've got three third place games and two championship games all right two championship games left before we get into specific questions here any general advice you would give people now that they are to the championship game um nothing in particular i mean i think that i've always been a guy that says kind of dance with who brung you and outside of horrific weather conditions and things like that that might cause you to pivot uh, start your studs. Uh, you know, they've gotten you here this far. Don't get cute with it. Don't try to start Bam Knight over Derrick Henry, unless, of course, Derrick Henry is not suiting up Thursday <laughs> right. night. So keep an eye on that. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Yo, J.D., uh, we were talking on the phone before you got on air. We weren't too dumb for picking the Broncos' defense against the Rams this past weekend, were we? That, that, that was just, you know. I mean, not before the game. No. <laughs> no. Once they kicked off. I mean, who could have? <laughs> Yeah, who could who could have? I mean, they just got rolled by the Rams, and yeah, we hadn't said that all year since you know Stafford and Cup have been out, even when they were playing. So I don't think anybody could have foreseen that coming. But it was just that defense was on the field so much that they were just gassed the entire game, and there's not a lot you can do about it. I think that they were on a lot of championship rosters, and you know scored anywhere from negative six to you know probably zero, uh, but they just did not do anything, and they just got rolled all game long, running the ball, passing the ball, everything. Uh, against the quarterback that's been there for three weeks. It, it was really just an all-around embarrassing loss for the Broncos. Yeah, yeah, it was. I'm so mad, J.D. If Chad would let me, I would fly all the way out to Denver to help Nathaniel Hackett pack <laughs> his stuff up and leave the facility for that performance that he put on. But, yeah, man, I, I just I mean, I think, I think you're late. I think I think that guy's packed up and gone yeah, already. Yeah, it's already done. Yeah, it got you, done. They did it for him. Okay. <laughs> well, I would have helped. Yeah, the Bron- <laughs> It would have been a lot quicker if I was there. Dadgummit. <laughs> all right, J.D., let's start with this. When somebody needs a quarterback and a, a quarterback and a flex in a full point PPR, first off, uh, Mike White or Tom Brady at the quarterback? Mike White, Mike White, who's okay. gotten the clear to come back this week. Zach Wilson's going to be, uh, you know, back to inactive, and probably his, his career is probably done in New York. The question will be, you know, will it be Mike White next year, or will it be a, a, somebody else that they try to draft? But yeah, I, overall, I like the Jets' offense a lot with Mike White and without Zach Wilson. It's more predictable and it's more consistent. And so that makes me like guys like Garrett Wilson a whole lot more. It makes me like Bam Knight more. Um, but but Tom Brady, I keep thinking he's going to find something and, and it's going to click. Um, and, and it's just you know function of that offense. I think Jensen coming back to the playoffs could be huge, but it's not going to work for your championship matchup. So. Uh, his floor is just way too low. I, I'm going to go with Mike White. And just just hope he doesn't take another shot to the ribs. Okay, same person looking for a flex. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr., Tyler Algier, or Christian Watson slash Dobbs if Watson doesn't play? Um, probably Watson if he plays and Algier if he doesn't. The, the usage in Atlanta with Algier has been really solid, and I like what he's been doing. They're going to continue to run the ball. Cordero Patterson has not been getting as many carries. It's been uh, the Tyler Algier show, if you will. And the guy just runs very, very hard. He's hard to bring down. He'll get you a few receptions as well. Um, but I think he'll he'll give you the best chance of getting in the end zone. Okay. All right, J.D. Kirk Cousins, who is having a really good season. Justin Jefferson's about to break a record. Or Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, who is playing terrific, filling in for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Brock Purdy's been really solid, and I like Brock Purdy. I just think that you aren't going to get the 300-yard, three-touchdown game out of Brock Purdy that you can get out of Kirk Cousins. It's not just a function of the talent around them. 
uh, or their teams. It's more their defense. And the Vikings are just total yardage, the number one worst defense in the NFL. They give up points. And so that constantly has Minnesota having to throw the ball, having to come from behind. And so, you know, Cousins, for the most part, has been able to do that because of, of Hawkinson and Justin Jefferson and K.J. Osborne and Adam Thielen and Dalvin Cook. So the, the weapons are around him. I'm going to lean towards Cousins in another game where the defense probably doesn't play great. They're going to throw a lot. They're trying to get Jefferson that record, I'm sure. Um, uh, Brock Purdy, solid option. Just I want the upside that Cousins brings, and I don't think he's got any lower of a floor than Brock Purdy. Talking fantasy football with J.D. Lewis. J.D., this one says Montgomery, Foreman, or Knight? So don't get caught up in the Foreman thing. He did. He had an amazing game, but it was on very few carries. And the reason that I shy away from Foreman is just that. Hubbard's getting involved. Blackshear, like who the heck is Blackshear, right? Like, I mean, I know him because he's the dynasty guy, but like no one else should know him. Uh, he's even getting touchdowns. So uh, there's too much of a mix. It's not for, It's not the Foreman show. It, it, you know, it's the other guys as well. So I kind of rule him out. I like Bam Knight a lot in this matchup. Um, that's probably the way that I would lean towards. Again, coming back to the Mike White thing, uh, you have a better offense. You have one that's going to move the ball. that's going to get in the red zone. He's going to probably get some goal line carries. Uh, Michael Carter's getting a little bit more run there, but Bam Knight's still the, the main guy. All right. All right, J.D., Gabe Davis. The Bills are playing the Bengals this week, Monday Night Football, or – Kansas City Chiefs, Juju Smith-Schuster, and they are playing the awful Denver Broncos. <laughs> Assuming it's PPR, I would go Juju just because, uh, you know, it's crazy to say that Juju is more predictable than Gabe Davis, but he is. Um, Diggs has been not had great games the last three weeks. I feel like he's kind of due for a big bounce back and, and rarely do Davis and Diggs both have a big game at the same time. I do think that that game is going to be a little bit more of a shootout than people realize. Uh, you know, one of the, the holes for the, the Bills is in their secondary. For Cincinnati, it's the same way. They're up, they're, they're front four are really good. Um, and if you're going to attack them, it's going to need to be through the air. So I think you're going to see a lot of passing um, in that game, which is just going to equate to opportunities. Now, that being said, uh, I think that Juju is a little bit more predictable. Uh, Gabe Davis is just, he's really hit or miss. He's very high upside. He's very low floor. But Juju, um, I think, offers a similar high side. Um, he offers a similar floor, too, I will tell you that. So it kind of becomes more your gut. And at the, at the end of the day, um, I feel like the, that Juju is just going to have a better game. But, that, I mean, that's a tough question. Those guys, if you looked at rankings, probably, they're literally probably right next to each other. All right, JD. Two questions for some uh, for Green Machine trying to get a title. First up, pick two: Rashad White, uh, Pacheco, and Aaron Dillon. Two of those. Um, AJ Dillon, I would imagine. This is the third. It says Aaron Dillon, but are they mixing names there? Is that, is that, a, is that AJ's first name? I didn't know that. I didn't. I, even, I don't know. I'm gonna have to fact check that one. Yeah, I'm gonna assume that's AJ Dillon. If Aaron Jones is okay and playing, um, I'm gonna shy away from from AJ Dillon there. Um, and I would go the the very first name that you said, not Pacheco. Rashad White. Rashad White. I'd go Rashad White. So Leonard Fournette kind of came out and put a tweet out there that he's been dealing with a foot injury and then quickly deleted it, but that leads me to believe he's been dealing with a foot injury. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Rashad White uh, is a guy who I think could be a benefactor. Okay. And then the other one, they say eliminate one of these. Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Garrett Wilson, Fournette, Mark Andrews, Chris Godwin. Take one away. Um, Mark Andrews. Okay. He, he, if you don't have to start a tight end, I'm going to bench Mark Andrews. Look, look, I love Mark Andrews and his talent. We don't know if Lamar's playing this week or if it's Huntley. He hasn't been very good with Huntley. He hasn't been very good with Lamar either. Yeah, I don't think it's a, a function of the offense either. I think that Mark Andrews is playing hurt, and, and I just don't believe. So So if that's the case, there's been a very clear, I think it was week eight or week nine, when he missed a couple weeks and then they had their bye and then he came back, and he's been a completely different player since then. And so what's the upside that he brings you in an offense that doesn't score a lot of points? Not a whole lot. So I'm going to bench Mark Andrews. I don't have any confidence in him anymore. It's only taken until week 17 for me to completely lose my confidence in him. But here we are. All right. All right, J.D. Justin Herbert or Justin Fields. And they are, their opponent they're playing has Mike Williams and Keenan Allen as their receivers. And then I'm going to go Justin Fields. I, 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 
I'm, I was burned by Justin Herbert this past week in, a cha- in a, uh, one of the games to get me to the championship game, but I did not advance because he had Keenan Allen. And, you know, before the game, he's fingers crossed. He's going, okay, here's to hoping everything goes to Keenan Allen and Herbert doesn't throw any touchdowns. Well, that happened. <laughs> Herbert scored three points. So I, I get the, the feeling of being burned by him. Fields wasn't much better. He had 10. Um, but I just like the upside of the running and the Chargers defense is playing a little bit better. The offensive line for the Chargers is not playing any better. They they hope to have Rashawn Slater back, the left tackle, um, by the playoffs, but that's not going to help you right now. And Herbert is just he's under pressure the whole time, and so I just don't I don't feel nearly as confident. Plus, uh, they get down around the red zone, and I mean I couldn't I was swearing at the TV how many times they just did the shotgun handoff to Eckler. Like, come on, throw the ball, Herbert, but he didn't. I, I don't have as much confidence in him, but but Fields, everything that the Bears are going to do is going to run through Fields. Uh, JD, this one says Garrett Wilson or McLaurin. Garrett Wilson again. Mike White makes me say Garrett Wilson to the moon. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Garrett Wilson all the way. We got any more there, Zay? Yeah, we do. All right, four quarterbacks that this person could start this week: Brock oh. Purdy, Sam Darnold, Deshaun Watson, or Baker Mayfield. Who are you taking, JD? Hmm. Brock Purdy. Of uh, those guys, Brock Purdy. Yeah, uh, I mean Deshaun. Yeah, he's there. Um, tough off, tough matchup this week. I just don't. Uh, he hasn't been all that great. He's going to be fine long term. But it's just again, he's he's got what three games under his belt, four games under his belt, and like two of those are, have been horrific weather conditions. And so I just don't have a lot of confidence there. I don't know that he's on the same page with Amari Cooper totally. Um, and, and so I, I shy away there. Sam Darnold, I just can't ever get on the hype because as soon as you do, he is going to let you down in a major, major way. Um, so really, uh, for me, it's it's a solid quarterback and a good offense. But but again, don't expect much more than probably twenty points or so out of Brock Purdy. But that's what you're hoping for. All right, all right, JD. Even though you're a fantasy football guru slash genius, you do have one of the purest jumpers I've ever seen in my life. And Marcus Carr dropped forty one last night. Luka Doncic dropped sixty last night with twenty one rebounds. For somebody who has dropped forty or over forty in a game before like you used to do back in your Juco days. What's that like? <laughs> it feels really good, man. It feels really good. When you get out there and you're feeling it and you're hot and you get going and you just want the ball and you feel like you can make it from anywhere, it, it, it feels – I mean, there, it's really hard to describe that feeling when, when you just kind of can't miss. Everything that, that you look at is going in. You know, the offense is revolving around you. Everybody's feeding off of your energy. Uh, yeah, it, it's a really, really cool feeling, and it's a special feeling. It's not something that you get a whole lot, and, and you don't ever really expect to get it. It just kind of, you know, you kind of black out for the game. Yeah, I had this bad habit in high school of counting my points during the game, Ooh. and uh, you get to a point, well, I mean, just like, yeah. in my head, I'm just kind of going, okay, yeah, I had that layup, and it's almost like playing the game through your head again, like as you're going, and that's a lot going through your head, but when you have those special nights, you just black out and you just kind of go because you, you can't keep up with the buckets and, and you know, you start three plus two plus the one. It, is, you know, <laughs> it starts getting a little complicated, right? But, so, uh, but yeah, Zay, it, it, it is a special, special feeling, and, and I will never forget the, the three games in my career where I scored, you know, over 40 points. So, J.D., as you're calling it a blackout, does it matter what your teammates do at that point? Like, were you the kind that wanted your teammates to acknowledge it and say, hey, J.D., we're going to feed you, or did you want them to not talk about it like it was a no-hitter in baseball? I, I didn't, uh, yeah, I'd not talk about it at all. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it, it was, so, I mean, I, I don't know if I've gotten into this with you too much or how much time we have right now, but... Uh, the offense that we ran when I was in junior college was the, the Duke JJ Redick offense. And I was JJ Redick. So I was running everywhere all the time, getting screened. So, I mean, anytime you score 40, like you don't do it by yourself. You can't get open shots. You can't create yourself 41 points worth of shots. Uh, it comes from screens. It comes from the offense, the flow, uh, you know, the, how the defense is playing you because you don't get so far into the scoring mentality that you're not still looking to make the right play. You're, you're still looking if they double team you, you're going to pitch it to the, you know, you're going to, you're going to, uh, you know, get the pass to the right guy to the basket. You're still trying to get assists. You know, the rest of the game is still kind of natural. Um, but you know, you have added energy on defense and things like that. Like you don't stop playing defense. Like it's just, you know, it's one of those things that just kind of happens, but you still, all of the practice and prep that you've done to, to lead up to that point, you know, still has you continue the game fully through 
just like you would any other one. Um, you know, I'd like to say just like if you're scoring 10 points, but to be honest, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really hard when you're not having a good game to really stay locked in. But when you're on fire, um, it, it, it seems to come pretty naturally. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. That's what I'm talking about. That is J.D. Lewis. J.D., best of luck to your championship hopes this week. And remember, if you didn't get your question answered or you thought of a new one at J.D. Lewis FF, right up until those, you know, those teams need to be in, J.D. will try to help you get that championship. Best of luck, J.D. We'll hit you next week. Thanks, guys. You too. See you. All right. Thanks, J.D. We'll get a review next week to see how many of those titles he came home with. He said he's in what, two or three third-place games, and then two championship games. Lucky man. Lucky man. Yeah, that, I, I used J.D. To, Lewis. I used to count my points, too, Chad. It was very short. <laughs> like, oh, I had that layup. I hit that three. That's it. <laughs> so I have, to, I have to start going to the little stuff like, oh, I got a deflection in the third quarter of about two minutes. Oh, I didn't get dunked on in the fourth quarter by a guy that has a 38-inch vertical. You know, once you hit, you know, your average was five like myself, then you have to really start looking at the little stuff. Yeah, like, this is actually, it's actually perfect timing with the crap bag coming up as I was driving in today I was remembering my best scoring performance as a basketball player I'll talk about that why are you laughing why are you laughing this could be an incredible story you don't know this could be a Luca like story you have no idea and you're already laughing I'll tell you that story coming up plus last week Brandon Lang gave us an amazing stat about the New England Patriots yeah it's done now I'll tell you what it is on the horn What a great song. This one always makes me smile, too. All right, and uh, this is one I've gotten wrong before. There's two things in my head right now. I'm going to go with bread. What? Damn it. Like, that's a group? Damn it. It's can- is it canned heat? Yeah. Damn it. Is bread I- a group? Yep. I always mix it up. It's so weird. There's some. There's another song that's bread, and I always say it's canned heat. And when this one comes on, I will go bread, and it's canned heat. Canned heat. Going is it called going up the country? Yeah, going up the country. Yeah, that's a great time capsule. Yeah, shout, shout out to our guy Jay Head. You remember they played this at the end of Vonside? Oh, that's right. Yes, as they're yeah. coming as they're coming up the walkway with Ed Orgeron. Ed Orgeron, right? Yeah, Old Miss. Yeah, yeah, very cool. Uh, yes, Canned Heat. That's one of those time capsule songs. Even if you didn't live in that time, it makes you think of a time. It makes me think of, like, the 60s. I wasn't alive in the 60s, but that's what it makes me think of. Canned Heat and Heart have gotten us started today. Thanks to Zay for all the great music. Uh, There's uh, all kinds of challenges going on behind the scenes every day on the show, especially with an old man like me. I am trying to figure out a way to, like to retweet something for the Flex segment coming up at 1.30. I hope I can figure it out, but I'm not sure if I can. Oh, goodness. It's, it seems pretty easy, but we'll, we'll see if we can get there. If not, we'll just have to you know, say it on the air. But I'm trying, to give some, like, I'm trying to give some local athletes, some local stars, some love. I just need to figure out you know, how to do it with the notifications. and re- I tried to retweet, and I didn't see where the button to hit it. So anyway, we'll figure that part out. Uh, also... Since you know we left with Zay laughing at the idea of me playing basketball, let's get to the crap bag, and I'll tell you about my high-scoring performance. Come on! Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations, 255-8678, or go to avconsultations.com. All right, and we'll get to some crazy stats here in just a second, but... How dare you, Zay, for stepping on my big moment? Because one day back in the day during junior high basketball, we beat Corsicana. Okay. And I scored half the points. All right. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Now we won 28-14, but I scored half of the points that day. So I was about the basketball player you'd think, and your laughter was justified. Yeah. Uh, I was a... Well, you did have a mullet like Kurt Rambis, so maybe you had that going for you. Man, me. if they don't let me keep it. Had, <laughs> you had to cut the hair when you played athletics. Oh, so it had no. to, It just ended up being this kind of round dome 
sort of thing. I need to take a picture of... Wow, they New York Yankees, y'all? I'm going to send out the, the picture. I've done this before, but I'm going to send out the picture of the junior high basketball team. You will really enjoy that, because I don't know if you've seen it. <laughs> but anyway, old number 51 was pretty serious back in the day. Oh, 51. Oh, 51, baby. So... I was like a basic. I was a five. I was like you know slow plotting five. Believe it or not, five ten. Right. I'm five. I was five ten then. So I was a five, and I was on the white team. And by that I mean there was a green team and a white team because we were green. Like A and B. We were green and white. Correct. And the green team was um, well a lot better than we were. The A team, yeah. So I was on the B team, I was a center, and most of the time I was lucky to get a ball going in the basket, lucky that they would even let me have a shot, lucky if I hit a free throw, I mean, whatever. But this one day, I don't know what was going on, it was just a little, it was like, it, I never, it started with this little baby hook kind of thing, not a, not a true like hook shot, but I had to kind of get it up over, and it was on the baseline, and it went in, and everyone was shocked, including me. I was like, whoa, all right. And then it just kept coming and kept coming, and we won 28-14. I scored half our points. Oh, I sh- my goodness. And I should have never played basketball after that. Yeah. I should have just stopped. Man, one day we're going to have to go out here. i got to see the form. Oh, my God. i got to see what you're working with. Just see how the free throw routine looks. The, sick, the sickest part of it is how hard I had to practice to be as bad as I was. Because I'm a practice guy in every sport. Like when I was a tennis player, I had to practice at it. It didn't naturally show up. I'd be out there late at night shooting free throws and trying to practice the left hand. Oh, the left-handed layup. My God. That that was like the puzzle I couldn't figure out, man. Which foot do I jump with in the left hand? And I'm out there, you know, late at night trying to figure it out to get as to be as bad as I was. But uh, with Luca and Marcus Carr going off. Uh, that did come to mind. Now, do you have like a big scoring performance that you could tell the people about? Yeah, yeah. Um, what was yours? Probably twenty against okay. Bastrop one year there senior you go. season. Solid game. Everything was clicking. You know, CC CC was kind of like Dean Smith. So you know, if you hear stories about Dean Smith, famous North Carolina coach, all the talent he had, whether Rasheed Wallace, Michael Jordan, Sam Perkins, Vince Carter, et cetera, mm-hmm. people will always say those guys were limited just because the big picture was a team game. Like Michael Jordan could have went crazy and right. would have been, you know, could have been the greatest Carolina player of all time, but he had to play that team game. Right. He had to let James Worthy eat and Sam Perkins and those guys. And, you know, he's a Hall of Fame coach, but that's how CC was a little bit. Everybody ah, okay. ate. Everybody had to, Every, had to have it. Yeah, yeah, everybody ate. You always had to make the right read, just like JD was talking about, even though you were cooking. You were still looking for the best basketball play possible, which there you, you know, go. you know, I was second team all district. I was solid. Yeah, you're good. I was no, solid. I was good. all right. Definitely better than 14 against Corsicana. I know that. All right, so a uh, couple stats real quick, crap bag type stats that are now done. Last week, Brandon Lang told us the last 14 times that Bill Belichick loses a game and then is a an, an underdog out of the division, they were 14 and 0. And he said, take the Patriots and plus three last week. They lost by four to the Bengals. So that stat is over. It's now 14-1. and one. He might have told you to buy it up to four, but even at that point, it's a push. That did not happen. So that went to 14-1 and one, or maybe 14 and a push. The other stat that ended last night was the Luka thing because the Mavs were down nine with 35 seconds to go. Think about that for a second. Down nine with 35 seconds to go in a basketball game. The past 20 years of the NBA, teams were 0 and 13,884. The Knicks stopped that last night. That's Mm. pathetic. As much as I'm glad as a Mavs fan that it happened, that is extremely pathetic, Zay, as a defense in basketball if you can't protect nine with 35 seconds to go. Yeah, Tim Hardaway and Christian Wood, they hit a couple big threes. Luca had a tip, yep. tip and rebound that got and one on. And then the most craziest play of the game was Luca having missing yes. the shot on purpose so they could get another chance at the two to tie it and then getting his own rebound. The ball was tipping off everybody's hand. And yeah, to have that presence of mind to catch the ball and shoot it off the glass, it was a clear shot. Yeah, like it, it was. A, it, was in- it was beautiful, and you saw him going crazy afterwards because he knew how nuts that comeback was. And yeah, the Knicks definitely helped Luca get that sixty and twenty-one last night. I'm glad you mentioned that play because on behalf 
of all Caucasian people, I would like to thank Luca for throwing the awkward Caucasian celebration out there that I think we all would have. That's what I would have done. That's what I was probably doing inside when I was scoring 14 in that game. That's what I was doing watching the game last night. That's what that was a perfect like Caucasian celebration moment, like when Tiger Woods and his caddy tried to high five after that ah, chip in yeah. at the Masters. It all went Caucasian on them, just like that. <laughs> they both turned into just awkward white dudes. It was great. Yo, and Luca, Luca's got serious swag too. I mean, I'm really understand Christmas Day when he was walking in with the cowboy get up and he had the jeans tucked in the boots. That was a little European. That was him. a little tough, yeah. Very, yeah, very European, but I can't can't knock him. He's from Sylvania. But he's trying. He's, he's trying. trying. He's, no, trying. Effort, he's trying yeah. to be Texan. He's trying to mix the European and the Texan in there. But yeah, that, I, I'm with you. It was very uh, white guy corny with the celebration. But how great was that look on his face? Yeah. He thought he won the game. Did you hear that? Oh yeah, he thought that yeah, he that, thought that was ball game. Yeah, he thought that got him the game. That look on his face, the pure joy of that moment, because he knows how tough that is. I got to miss it on purpose. Then I've got to figure out how to get the ball. And two of his teammates did help out, and he gave him credit after the game. There were a couple little tips where he got the ball sort of where he could find it. Then he's got to figure out how to re reset and get a shot up, and then it's got to go in. So uh, I think that excitement was was warranted there. Yeah, Luca has a Highland Hills celebration with a South Dallas game. Ah, okay. I like that. They call him South Dallas Luca. Yesterday, Ken, I heard Kendrick Perkins call him. He said he's like LeBron James without the athleticism. Yo, that's <laughs> and he did and he meant it as a a total compliment. Yo, he's, but I get what he's saying. He's a mixture of a, offensively. He's a mixture of LeBron. He's a mixture of Larry Bird, James Harden. He just has so much skill, so physical, so big. And yeah, he's unstoppable. Yeah, quite unstoppable. Yeah, and if he wants to bet you that he can win a basketball game with you, either one on one or in a small team format, when he's like seventy, say no. Walk away. Yeah. And LeBron, he's gonna play like that till he's dead. LeBron wants so bad for Luca to have for him and Luca to have like a Kobe Jordan relationship. Really? Oh my gosh. LeBron loves him. He's talked about him on his little shop podcast thing that he has on HBO. Yeah, yeah. How he's Luca's his favorite player. Luca growing up, LeBron was his favorite player. So So do they have a relationship or they do. I don't think it's gonna be as, you know, deep as Kobe and Jordan. Like there well, will, there will yeah. never be a, no, any type of relationship like that. Plus Kobe was the first person that looked basically exactly like Jordan. Luca has a little bit to go to be LeBron, especially defensively. Quite, Offensively, yeah. he's very close. That's defensively, true. nah, not not even in the same planet. LeBron used to take over games defensively. Yeah, when Luca hits that fast break m- mentality, I have a lot of thoughts. That looks like LeBron is usually not one of those <laughs> nah, thoughts. Not nah. really. All right. Uh, we'll, I got hour number two coming up for you. We'll start with Justin Wells. Inside Texas on 3.com. A couple of Longhorns were asked yesterday if they're coming back for another year. Oh, and both gosh. gave the political answer. We'll talk to Justin about that and his thoughts on Texas-Washington. And his thoughts on his Dallas Cowboys after they beat the Eagles. It's coming up on the Horn.